your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to John chapter 15. <laughs> Somebody likes that that chapter, huh? Okay, John 15. You want to share a word, John? Tell them what we're talking about here. Well, as we as we get into the evening, I want to just uh, take a quick second and uh, just invite you to think about right now what you want from God. You know, as we were preparing for today, uh, Clint and I got a chance to hang out for a little bit, and um, we just, you know, we didn't we didn't know why we were. I mean, we knew we were getting ready to, to hang out to get ready for tonight, but um, God began to just speak to me that He has stuff for us, and um, and I and I believe that even as we enter into this evening, I'd like you to think about. You know, has anybody got something that? they're really, really struggling with right now. You don't have to say it, but do you have... Anybody got something that they're just really struggling with? God has an answer. <coughs> he has an answer. That's His promise. He has an answer. So tonight, I want to just encourage you to expect an answer. Mm-hmm. Does anybody have a need? You know, today we were at mm-hmm. Brugger's, and do you have a need? Mm-hmm. You know, God has supply. That's right, we were we were with a Bethel College student today, and I asked him, you know, what do you need? And he just got this overwhelmed look on his face, and he said, I need money for school. And I asked him, I said, um, did God tell you to go to Bethel? And it was interesting, because he didn't really answer right away, did he? No. No. But, you know, the reality is, you know, I'm a missionary, and I've been, uh, you know, God had me resign my job three years ago, and I've basically said, okay, God, if you're calling me to be a missionary and you're calling me to do what you're going to do, the finances for my family, for my wife, for everything I need, they're your problem. They're not my problem. I am not going to take this problem on. And I've realized that, you know, when we, God God has things for us. He has things for us to do. He has people for us to love. There's a lot of people that I get to love, but I don't have the love in me for them. I don't have it. But Jesus has it. And His promise is that He is going to be our supply. He's going to provide everything. So I want to encourage you tonight, don't be chintzy when you start thinking about what you want from God. Have an expectation of Him. It's His responsibility. There's a lot of things that are going on in this room right now that we think are our responsibility. And if you want to carry it, Go for it. But I'm going to tell you right now, it sucks to try to carry your stuff. It stinks. We can't do it. We were not made for that. We were made to be vessels of the glory of God. We were we're made to be vessels that reveal His goodness, not our, our ability or our lack of ability. So, so yeah, what's really on John and I's heart tonight is uh, the abiding perspective, and um, we're gonna say amen if you're in John 15, by the way. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna give it a little, little just overview of what's taking place in this chapter, and then I'm gonna have somebody read it, and then we're just gonna dive into this thing. Um, John 13 starts out, Jesus is serving and washing the feet of the disciples, and we, and then he enters in in John chapter 14 to one of his last uh, discourses and teachings to the disciples before he's gonna be crucified, and. Um, before he gets ready to lay down his life, be raised from the dead, and then soon thereafter be ascended and basically leave the planet, he gives the disciples a teaching. And he starts out in John chapter 14 talking about the Holy Spirit. 
and about the Spirit of God coming to be the Comforter and the Teacher. And then he goes into this chapter that I really want to hit on tonight, John 15, and he's talking about being the true vine and what it means to abide. And I think uh, as Christians, this is one of the great lessons we can learn, and that is how to abide in the vine. Like John's saying, where we don't you know, carry the load ourselves, but we get plugged in to Jesus, and we allow His life to flow through us. Because there's plenty of strength there to carry whatever burden it is. And so, and then he goes on in John chapter 16 to hit on uh, the Holy Spirit some more. And then he goes into his high priestly prayer in John 17. So if you haven't looked at these chapters, I highly encourage you to check out John 14 through 17 and just spend some time. So if somebody has the New King James Version and you want to read it out loud, verse 1 through 11, go ahead. Perfect. Um, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. But this, my Father, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Wow, that's good. (coughs) Tonight we want to talk about, um, how many of you want to bear more fruit? Is everybody out here like, God, how do I do that? I want to be fruity. That's why I like running with you. <laughs> Full of fruit. So what does he say there in verse 8? By this, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. How many of you know the will of God for your life is to bear a lot of fruit? Uh-huh. Alright? Now the question is, how do we go about doing that? And this chapter is profound because he, he hits on a couple of really important realities that we want to get. And this is really what God's been teaching kind of John and I are in, our, in our own secret lives. When we came together, it just all clicked that God wants us to bear fruit. And if you think about a tree, which is a great example of, I grew up on a tree farm. And so this like really hits home for me because I work <laughs> with trees all the time. And I recognize something about a tree. A tree doesn't strive. It doesn't work harder to bear more fruit, does it? Mm-mm. What does it do? It just, what does it do? Deeper roots. roots, Right. And what do the roots do? They suck up stuff, right? What is it? Water, right? What's in that water? Everything it needs to grow. Everything it needs for life. Everything it needs to bear fruit. And Jesus is telling us this. And it's the same way, beloved, as it is for a tree. For a tree to grow and bear fruit, what happens is a seed is planted. How many of you know what that seed is for us? The implanted word is able to save the soul, right? Jesus said the seed, the sower went out and sowed a seed. And he said that seed is the word of God. 
And Jesus also says in John 7 that there's going to be rivers of water that flow out of us. And he was talking about the Spirit. And so really, beloved, here's what it takes to bear fruit. It takes two things. It takes the Word of God being implanted into your heart, and it takes the Spirit of God bringing life to that. And that's what brings increase. And I really want to hit on this verse 9. I haven't been able to leave this verse in my own personal life. I've just been in it for a couple weeks, and it's just blowing my mind. Listen to what Jesus says. As the Father loved me. How much does the Father love the Son, guys? A lot. How, how much does the Father love the Son? Oh my goodness. Jesus says this. As, in the same way that the Father loves me, I love you. And then he says this. He says, now abide in my love. How many of you know Jesus tells you the word abide means to dwell in, means to live. It means to set up shop, if you like that phrase. It means to set up shop in his love. In other words, what he's saying is your strength in this life, the way you bear fruit in this life is not by abiding in your ministry. It's not by dwelling even in your love for Jesus. He says your strength in this life, the key for you bearing much fruit that your Father would be glorified is this reality, that you would abide in His love for you. What He's saying is the strength of your life is not dwelling and, and it, it's not being established in your love for Him. 1 John 4.10 says this, This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, we only love God to the degree that we have a revelation of His love for us. And this whole chapter, it's sandwiched between the Spirit abiding, the Spirit, and then prayer. And, and it's, it's for a reason. He's saying, guys, this is the central message of my teaching. If you don't get anything else tonight, get this. Get this. As the Father loves Jesus, the same way He loves you. And that will be your strength from this day forward. And here's, here's the enemy that we have to fight. This is true for all of us. Many of us believe that God loves us unconditionally. Many of us believe that. Some of us actually are experiencing that in our heart. But here's where we fall up sometimes. Here's where we get tripped up. We decide we're only going to love ourselves when we, you know, meet a list of criteria that we establish. And so we set conditions on when we're going to love ourselves and when we're going to allow ourselves to love other people. Here's the truth. His love for you is unconditional. It never changes. It's not based on your performance. It's based on His goodness. That's what Ben said today. It's His goodness that we receive that transforms us to love others. And what happens is, if we don't allow ourselves to unconditionally love ourselves, some of us in here, we only love ourselves... How many of you know Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself? Yeah. Okay? So what it is, is it's agreeing with Jesus' truth over my life. And what happens is we actually decide, well, if I'm not reading my Bible this much, praying this much, fasting this much, doing XXX in ministry, good things, then I'm not going to love myself. And if we believe that, we lose. If we believe that, we will not bear the fruit that he wants to bear through us. That he's talking about here in John 15. And, and here's another important point, And I'm going to pass the mic. Before I really get sweating, I just feel a fire. Take this out. I know, right? Come on, Jesus. Okay, John, John 15, 3. I'm just going to read it. Actually, two. It's missed. I love it. Come on, Jesus. 
I'm a little bit excited about this. Because the truth is, guys, it's His will that we bear fruit. And, and here's another point. Verse 11. Th- this is the way the Father's glorified, okay? That we bear fruit. And, it, and it's actually not burdensome. How many of you know the commandments of the Lord are not a burden? He actually says, this is what this is what he says. He says, I speak these things to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Abiding in Jesus is the most joyful thing we can do. This isn't like, oh no, I'm not going to have fun and this is going to spoil my day and restrictions and oh. He goes, guys, these words I'm, I'm telling you in these first 10 verses of this chapter, he goes, if you do these things, my joy will be in you, and your joy will be full. How many of you want full joy? I don't know what that looks like. Peter says it's joy inexpressible and full of glory. I don't know about you, but I want to taste that in this life. That's not just some far-off thing. Once you die, then you experience it. That's a fruit of the Spirit. That's what He does by nature. When we, ex- when we receive the truth about who He is, and we believe the truth about who we are, fruit happens. Amen. A tree doesn't like strive and ah, I'm gonna bear fruit. No, it doesn't. It rests. It's, it rests. It draws on the water of life. It draws on those wells that there is no bottom to. The Holy Ghost. It receives the word. It cultivates its heart and it just bears fruit. But know this: when you start bearing fruit, verse two. Every branch. Everybody say every branch. Every branch. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch. Say every branch. Every branch. Every branch. No one is exempt from this. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Why does he prune? So they may bear more fruit. Many of us, let me just tell you this. If you're being pruned by the Lord... It's not because you're not bearing fruit. It's actually proof that you're bearing fruit and God wants to bear more in you. And so I just say stick with it. The discipline of the Lord is a really good thing. It it might hurt a little bit. But if you get a perspective of God actually wants the most joy for my life, Mm -hmm. then I look at that pruning with the proper perspective. I don't don't run from it. I don't shy away from it. I embrace it going, yes, Lord. (laughs) Yes, Lord. Because the way that you love Jesus, Jesus loves me. I rest in that. I, that never changes. That verse is always a reality. And when that is at the forefront of our perspective, we walk through this life, through trials, through discipline, and I recognize as many as the Father loves, He rebukes. It's a very, it's a very testimony to the fact you're in the family if you're being pruned. And so if you are, keep going. Hallelujah. Because you're going to bear more fruit. It's a promise. It's not a might. It's not a maybe. It's a promise. If you receive the word and you walk in the spirit and you allow him to prune you, you're going to bear fruit. And by that your father is glorified. How do I know what's happening in my life is pruning? How do I know what's happening is pruning? I'm sweating. I love it. uh, See that little girl over there? Who's her parents? Her mom's out in the other room. You know, how hard is it for her to have all of us love her? I mean, she can be making noise, she can be doing whatever, but you know, nobody has a problem loving her. And that's how God deals with us. You know, I have a son that's six years old, and he it took a long time to potty train him. His name is Ethan. And, um, you know, he, 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 he uh, at nighttime, he would, you know, he would wake up in the middle of the night and his, he'd be all wet. 
And, you know, all the times that that happened, I never get mad at him. You know, he didn't have to prove anything to me. In fact, what God showed me that this was a problem was me. I needed to get up in the middle of the night and take him to the bathroom. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm delighted to do that. And that's how the Father deals with us. Wow, now, my son, you know, now after taking him and taking him and taking him, he got used to the fact that in the middle of the night he needs to get up when he has to go to the bathroom and go to the bathroom. And, you know, now I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's not an issue. You know, that's how God is with us. It's the, she doesn't have to work hard to be loved. My son doesn't have to work hard to be loved. That's right. I just love it. That's all there is to it. I mean, that's and and the reality is is that's how the Father is with us. I uh, I uh, was thinking about something as you were talking about. You know, the Bible says that out of our belly, and I'm going to get to where you're coming. Out of our belly flow rivers of living water. I was uh, about this summer early. I think it was like in March or something. I was uh, going for a drive. I've got a good friend of mine. It's real spirit-filled guy. His name's Jesse Abrams. And uh, we were uh, we were going to go to pick up some coffee for the hotspot, and as we were driving, we started praying and worshiping, and it was amazing because all of a sudden, I started to feel we were driving. I started to feel drunk in the spirit, and it was really kind of strange because I'm not really like I'm not you know one of those people that really gets all excited about getting drunk in the spirit and all that stuff. But it was just funny because I was riding with Jesse. And all of a sudden, we both just started feeling the presence of the Lord in the car. And it was so thick that we were like, oh my goodness. you know. And, and we're driving along, I'm driving through downtown, and uh, we're driving on Highway 94. And I look to the left, and all of a sudden, bam, two cars crashed into each other. And I was like, wow, did you see that? And I was like, man, I'm glad I'm not really drunk because, you know, this is, this is, this is, and as, and so I'm processing and I'm just really experiencing, we're the whole way there, we're going on the way back, and I realized that where I was feeling God's presence was in my stomach. It wasn't my heart, it wasn't an emotional response, it wasn't in my intellect, it wasn't a mental response. And, I, and, you know, I began, I began to really make me think about the fact that, you know what, what I produce out of my head really doesn't do a lot for God. I mean, I really can't think my way into heaven. I really can't think my way into helping somebody come to know Jesus. It's not fruitful. And I realize that my emotions, you know, a lot of times we feel a lot of stuff and we think a lot of stuff. And frankly, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, I don't really think that God cares how we think or how we feel. You know, what's important, you know, Paul talks about putting on the mind of Christ. And that the mind of Christ, you know, when we, when I pray most of the time about things now, I ask God, well, how do you feel? You know, when I, this morning, we have a neighbor, I live in the same building with Ben and Sarah, and we have a neighbor who's 11 years old, and I was getting ready to go over and meet Sean this morning, and for almost two years, we've been reaching out and connecting. She's got a twin sister, and her stepfather died. She, I don't think she knows who her real father is. And her stepfather died earlier this year, and uh, it was uh, I was they, I was asked to teach us um, one of the classes at North Heights right next door, and she happened to be in it. And I I have to tell you honestly, when they asked me to be in that class, to to, to lead that class, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. I was busy. I had stuff to do. I had some ideas about what I had to accomplish for God, what I had to get done. I really didn't feel like it at all. I didn't I didn't want to go and be in that class. 
And my wife, you know, I, I, when my wife tells me that she knows that this is something we're supposed to do, I've learned to just shut up and do what she says. Very fruitful. <laughs> Very fruitful. So, so we went, you know, and I'm like, you know, I, we went. And so we're in this class, and it wasn't like... I didn't teach the kids anything, you know, I didn't really, it wasn't, it wasn't deep and meaningful, you know, they're 11-year-old girls, and uh, so I, I mean, I'm not relating really, to be honest with you, but I'm just committed to be there, you know. We're sitting in the class, and uh, I asked the kids in the class, uh, you know, I said, uh, is there anything you'd like prayer for? What can we, what can we pray for you for? And uh, Martina and Selena, they're, they're the two girls, they said, our stepfather just died last week. And it was really interesting because the way that they said it, it was almost like it just wasn't regular happening. It just happened in their life. And they didn't really, emotionally, I could tell right away that they were detached totally from what happened. And I was so grieved. You know, here I am thinking about the things that I got to get done. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I really don't want to be in this thing. And I get in there... And I realized that the most important thing that I need to be aware of right now is that I've got two little girls that hang out with my daughter that their father, their stepfather just died. And and they don't they're totally unchurched. They they, they, they don't they don't go to church, they don't get it, they don't really know anything about Jesus. And that started a process where this summer we had a, 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 a uh, an alpha course and their mom ended up coming into our alpha course and it wasn't like the most amazing alpha course or whatever I mean it kind of was hard sometimes <laughs> but we got out there and just hanging out with her had an impact so for a year and a half you know I've been hanging out and, and a few weeks ago you know Lord put it on my heart to tell you know Martina I said Martina you know if you ever want somebody to talk to, if you ever want a guy to talk to, you know, I know your mom, we know each other really well. You know, I want you to just think of me kind of as a big brother or dad. If you want to talk about anything, just come and talk to me. Well, this morning I, I go out and I'm walking, walking, and she's out waiting for the school bus by herself. And she's just sitting there and she's kind of, she doesn't look upset or anything. She's just sitting there kind of curled up and uh, waiting for the bus all by herself. And... And I was just going to walk by her because I was going to go over and meet Sean. And I really was excited about meeting Sean and meeting my friend Paul. And they were across the street, and I, I knew I was a little bit late, so I wanted to get over there. Well, as I went by, the Holy Spirit said, stop and say hi. And I would have said hi anyways, but he told me to stop. So I went over to her, and I said, hey, Martina, how are you doing? You want a hug? And she said, yeah. She came up, gave me a big hug. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit told me to tell her, about how God treats me like his son, that he's my papa. And so I started telling her, you know, you know, when you're sitting out here by yourself, and, you know, why don't you just tell God what you want? Tell him what's going on. And, you, and, uh, and I got to, and after a minute, I, I said, can I pray for you? You know, I prayed for her, and her eyes just filled up. And she, and then all of a sudden, a whole bunch of kids came running, and it was gone. I waited a year and a half to have something happen I didn't even believe. I had no idea. My way that I think, the way that I feel, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. What matters is the truth of God's Word. You know, He's given us, you know, of being in the presence, being, you know, abiding means 
that we're plugged in mm -hmm. to the core of who God is. Mm -hmm. We're plugged in. We can tell what's going on with Jesus. Because, you know, at that moment, when I was walking down there, the most important thing in Jesus' heart, what he was praying, was that Martina would know the love of the Father. That's how we experience, you know, that was the most meaningful thing that I have experienced in a long time. Because I've been, you know, I planted a seed of obedience a year and a half to go and listen to my wife and just do what she told me to do. That, you know, that that's, that's a powerful thing. Mm. Hey, dude, everything going on in your life, even if you've done something stupid or if you haven't done something, is an opportunity for God to show you how much he loves you and to prune you back. Because we can't get outside of God's will. You know, he put us in his plan. He didn't screw up. You know, he's never lost a beat. There's nothing missing in the way that he wants to relate to us. The Bible says that he knew us before we were in our mother's womb. You know, the desires that we have, the needs that we have, you know, the Bible is very, very clear that he says, if you have a need, if you, if you, need, if you, need, if you ask for an egg, am I going to give you a scorpion? If, uh, would I do that to my son? No. Would anybody in this room, if that little girl came up to you and asked you for a donut, would you give her a smack? No. No. No, we may tell her, go sit down in the corner because you make a lot of noise or something like that. But that's not, you know, that that's that's a thing of us showing, you know, we, we want the best for her. I want the best for my son. If our Father in Heaven, if we give good gifts to our children, how much more is our Father in Heaven going to pour out His Spirit on His children when we ask? You know what I've learned, and I'm going to turn it back over to you in a bit. But you know, I had a, we 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 uh, somebody asked me the other day. They said, "Hey, you want to go out and read scripture in front of the Minneapolis City Hall?" I was like, "Yeah." That's <laughs> <laughs> a great idea. Come on. And, uh, and uh, my first reaction is, "That's weird." <laughs> that's what you want to do. Let's go for it, right? And I I just knew that that's what God wanted me to do, but. You know, it was amazing, because we started reading scripture, and I had a woman walk by, this beautiful black woman, she walked by, she's 27 years old. She walks by, her head's down, we're reading the Bible, we're just reading the Bible, right? She looks at us and she goes, can you pray for me? I was like, alright, what do you want us to pray for? She goes, I'm 27, I have seven children, I don't have... Uh, I don't believe that she has a man in her life right now. She said, I have been away from God for five years. I want to get back in touch with Jeez. God. I said, <laughs> she said her name was Raven. I said, Raven, would you like to be filled with the Holy Spirit right now? She said, yeah. <laughs> I said, just ask. You know, the promise is, you know, if you have a need, you know, your father's going to provide. You know, he's talking about needs. He's talking about provision. He says, just ask. Good. So I said, you know, Raven, just ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you up. She asked, and whoosh, she just started sobbing. Just her face was wet. You know, in my experience, you know, we can wait. I spent a lot of time on the altar. But when I encounter God pouring out His Spirit, it's when I'm out 
some place that God tells me to go that I didn't expect to be. Such a good word. Everything that we need is found in the person of the Holy Spirit. Everything we need. And the way we get it from Him is not... You know, uh, Watchman Nee said this. He said, Grace is God doing something for you. And the law is you doing something for God. And God wants us to live in grace. He wants us to abide in His love for us. He wants us to receive. I think often we get caught up trying to produce the work of the Spirit. You can't. It's really a lot easier than you think. He says, apart from me, you can't Wait, I'm gonna do anything. Try. No, it didn't work. <laughs> I want to be happy. It's like joy is just joy is found in resting in the work of Jesus Christ. It's resting in the fact that He's done everything for us. That's grace. God has done something for you, and you just receive it, and you just live in that. You live in the fact that I have everything I need for life and godliness in a relationship with Him. And I'm no longer relating to Him trying to do things to earn His acceptance. I'm doing things knowing that the same way that the Father loves the Son, the Son loves me. And, and that's, that's where my heart rests. That's where my heart can bear fruit because I'm, I'm not out there. And, and now, I don't want to get, just to give a balancing word, like obviously when God wants obedience. Obedience is important. And... But obedience is from the place of abiding. It's, it's, hit it. John. You know, I just want to say one thing about what you're talking about with obedience because, you know, when I have an experience like I had with Martina this morning and I hear God tell me to do something, He doesn't, it's not hard for me to be obedient. That's right. It's, a delight. it's just, you know, obedience comes out of being delighted in the fact that we can trust God. That's good. Hallelujah. You might know what time it is. Do you want to tell about our treasure hunt today? Oh yeah, we'll just finish with that and then we'll be in the ministry. That's good. So, <laughs> so, so fun hanging out with John. I just tell you, this guy's just a, got a bullseye on from heaven. So just good things happen. So yeah, we were hanging out at Brugger's. We're just talking about, you know, what God wanted to share and just trying to listen to him for tonight. And, uh, so we got done, and we were kind of we we're on the same page. We we're ready to go. John looks at me. He's like, "Do you want to do a treasure hunt?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> we got like an hour. Come on, Lord. And as we're saying this, right? Remind. We just got done talking about abiding and just how easy it is, and how the Spirit just bears fruit, you know. And uh, as we're saying that, anybody know Bo Zeal? You guys know yeah. Bo Zeal. So Bo comes over to the caribou. And he came charging. He in. came running into us. Like he came running up to us. And we're like, John, "Look, treasure! Look, treasure's coming to us." <laughs> And so we listened to him for a little bit, asked him what the Holy Spirit was saying to him, and uh, got to pray with him, and just got he had super encouraged. What's that? He had ick from listening to talk radio. Oh, yeah, he was, yeah, so we got to pray some. We had to brush the ick off. Yeah, brush off. <laughs> <laughs> he had talk, no, radio, man, talk the, radio Republican ick. You, you get the world stuff on you? Yeah. Don't love, the world, don't love the world or the things in the world. The Father's not in you. So, um... And then right after that, I mean, oh no, actually he was still sitting there. He was still sitting a couple there. came up and John's like, what'd you say to him? I was like, what's the Holy Spirit telling you? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. <laughs> no, I said, no, wait, you, you love said, Jesus. You love Jesus, All right, yeah. 
and the guy the guy did love Jesus. And uh, <laughs> and then his his wife came up and their their kids and we had to chat with them and they pray said, for how them. How did you know? When they were talking about how they <laughs> John clearly abides. <laughs> and they were actually talking about how they were just taking a family into their house and, and just doing an They awesome had to get thing. an inspection the next day. They asked us to pray because they were going to have an inspection in their house. And they were concerned that the help, that the inspector wouldn't let this other family, they were going to let this other family live there. So. What happened next? We prayed for them. Then all of a sudden, Bo realized they knew him. You're Bo! You gave us those Kent Hoven... CDs two years ago. Do you remember that? And we said more treasure. It was a treat, man. The treasure was coming to us. The fish were jumping in the boat. And so before we, before they even leave, uh, two friends from Northwestern, Nicole Mansmith and Danielle Crayer, walk up, and we ask them some questions. And he asked Nicole, "So what's what, 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 do, what do you want, want from, from Jesus? Jesus? Yeah, what do you want from Jesus? It's just a great question. She says, "I want to go to a foreign land." Wow. Then. She wanted to go to Fort So we prayed for her. She wants she to be a missionary. She couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> you know what I said? We, at this point, we still not left the booth. It was more treasure. <laughs> treasure just kept coming. This is so fitting, though. I mean, like, we're talking about abiding, and then and then even uh, well, and then we went up to get something to eat before we left, and got to pray with the guy behind Sam. The, Sam from Bethel. From Bethel. Who needed to know that. Uh, that God's really in charge and He's really big, and yeah. uh, we can we can abide in the secret place. You know, that's our refuge, knowing that God's uh, He's got our back covered. You know, if He's calling you to do something, He's going to provide for what He wants to do through you. That's you know, the, you know, the key the key is, are you being obedient? You know, if you're being disobedient, then there's consequences from being disobedient. You know, I know that, you know, that, you know, we have this idea that we have to provide for ourselves. You know, I'm not responsible to provide for my wife. It's not my job. It's God's responsibility. But as the man in the house, my responsibility is to be obedient to Him. If I'm being disobedient in some way, then that's going to interfere. There's consequences um, of being disobedient. And when we're disobedient, then we block the flow of God's provision. But if we're being obedient, if you know, the one thing that we get to do is suffer for righteousness. You know, sometimes we're going to suffer. We're not, you know, in this world you will have struggle. That's the Bible. But be of good cheer because I've overcome the world, is what Jesus says. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Right? Is, are, is everybody here righteous? Is anybody unrighteous here? Why are we righteous? Jesus. Jesus, right? So if Jesus is your Lord, then you're made righteous because of Him. The Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Are you righteous? you covered by Jesus? Right. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but you know what? What's what's the promise? The Lord delivers them out of them all. The Lord delivers them out of them all. The Lord delivers them out of them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Even if we, you know, I've made a lot of stupid. I've done a lot of really, really, really stupid things in my life. Really, really, really stupid. I have suffered. Tremendous pain because of my own stupidity and disobedience and rebellion. But God redeemed me. He's restored my life. You know, I have consequences of things I struggle with, I've struggled with, but you know what? God's faithful. He's faithful. He's given me a beautiful wife, beautiful children. He provides and, he's, and, he, and he allows, He does His ministry through me. 
You know, one of the big problems is if we have our ministry, then we have to we have to hold that up. But if we're letting Him do His ministry through us, it's not our problem. It's His problem, and He delights in revealing His goodness, right? And so, if that's you tonight, we want to go into a time of ministry. And my prayer for us is that God would teach us how to abide. God would teach us how to abide in the vine and bear a lot of fruit. And um, and that it's so joyful. It's really God's goodness is uh, unsearchable. I mean, it's far beyond. You you cannot exact. I could not possibly exaggerate tonight the goodness of God. <laughs> I could hype it up and talk so lofty about it, and I'm not even coming close to how good He is. And so, um, Father, we just pray, God, we just come before You and. We recognize that you are the vine and we are the branches, God. And apart from you, uh, we can't do anything. But Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us to abide in your love for us. God, would you teach us how to abide in you that we would bear a lot of fruit, that our Father in heaven would be glorified, and God, that our joy would be made full. We ask that, Lord, you would give us your perspective. God, even as we sang tonight, open the eyes of our heart. God, would you open our eyes to see the truth of who you are? God, that we might rest, that our hearts might rest under the shadow of the Almighty. That we might know that, Holy Spirit, you have given us everything we need. That you will lead us, that you will not forsake us. You are with us even to the end of the age. And so, God, we ask that you would send us from this place. God, even tonight, that you would send us to be witnesses to Jesus. God, that we would go forth with power. We thank you that you've clothed us with power. And God, that you've given us your word. You've given us your spirit. Would you allow us to abide in your word every day, God? And we just bless your name. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We just say, come and have your way in our hearts even. God, even as we enter into prayer, would you move in our midst. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.